Have you ever cut corners in respiratory protection? Be honest. There are so many ways that we can cut corners in this area. But cutting corners in respiratory protection does not lead to anywhere good. Hello, I am Rowan McCauley. Welcome to the Bad Air Podcast, where we talk about anything respiratory protection. The masks, the measurement, the methods we use, and just as importantly, the mistakes we make along the way. Today, we are going to talk about how to fast-track parts of your respiratory protection program without cutting corners. corners in any work setting. I've been working in occupational health now for since 2012. Uh, I've known a lot of workers. I don't think I've met too many people who are inherently lazy or uh, or dishonest. I think for the for the better part, a vast majority of people just want to do a really good job. Um, and I asked my wife the other day. I said, "What do you think in workplaces?" She, my wife's a pretty smart cookie. I said, why do you think in workplaces people cut corners? And she gave me three reasons. And looking back at my experience in occupational health, I agree with these three reasons. And I'm going to use them here. I think the first reason why people cut corners in respiratory protection is the lack of training. Because we know where to find all the volumes of safety documentation. We know where to find uh, our respiratory protection policies, but we may not have been shown how to use them correctly and efficiently. The second reason why I think we cut corners is because of an unrealistic timeline. If we haven't been shown how to use information correctly and efficiently, then we might cut corners just to get the job done in time. Or it might just be a matter of the fact that we haven't been given enough time to prepare adequately in the first place anyway. I think the third reason why we cut corners is a lack of accountability. Maybe we don't have anyone to look over our shoulder. Or maybe we do, but we've got a few weeks before we have to rock up to a meeting and have all of our all of the parts of our program finally pulled together so that it looks tickety-boo by the time we have to deliver our report. Or maybe it's because we're held accountable for certain things like time and money and, and milestones, but we may not be held accountable for others like compliance. Well, when we cut corners with respiratory protection, it's not a good thing. Let me tell you a story about how easy it is to cut corners on respiratory protection, but I'm also going to tell you about how you can quickly fix this problem so that despite a lack of training or a lack of time or a lack of accountability, we don't have to cut corners to get the job done. The other day, I got a phone call from a colleague. He was performing fit testing on N95, or in Australia we call them P2, disposable facial filter respirators. And he was being asked by the manager during fit testing if the masks were going to be good enough. So my colleague rang me to get some advice. And this set off a major red flag in my mind, and I'll explain why in a second. I got my colleague to email me some photos, and I asked a few more questions um, as well, like, you know, who's the company and uh, where are the workers going to be working? Um, what, what sort of environment are they going into? And the answers I got back 
were that um, they were going down a coal mine during a shutdown. And I found out that there was this massive time pressure because these workers, there were 10 or 15, they had to fly out to be on site the next day. And the manager had gone out, chosen his disposal respirators and, and bought boxes of them that, that morning on the way to fit testing. Now, can you tell me if you can see the shortcuts here? Here's what set off a red flag for me. If a manager is asking, is this mask going to be good enough? That means that his workplace either doesn't have a respiratory protection program or it does have a respiratory protection program and he's not following it. Now, I know the company and I know the contracts they carry out and I know that in order to carry out these contracts, they must have a respiratory protection program. So the only... Um, the only thing it could have been here was that he was just not following the respiratory protection program. So if this manager's, if this manager had been following his company's respiratory protection program, he would have already known the respiratory protection program policy. He would have known the worker medical evaluation procedure and the results of of those questionnaires. Um, he would have known the exposure assessments for that site and how this maps against exposure limits um, for workers. And he would have certainly known uh, the respirator selection procedure and the respirators that his company had selected, in consultation, that is, with an occupational hygienist. And so he wouldn't have had to ask, essentially, if these masks were correct, whether they were going to be good enough or not. For every shortcut there emerges more than one problem. Now, there are vital steps in a respiratory protection program that need to be followed so you never get to the point where you rock up to fit testing with respirators you've just purchased from a safety equipment supplier on the way and then question the suitability of the respirator. Here's how you can get it done without cutting corners. So if you already have an existing respiratory protection program, find the documentation. If you don't have a respiratory protection program, every major manufacturer of, of, of respiratory protective equipment provides resources on how you can put together a respiratory protection program. And if you can't find this information on the internet easily, ring them and ask for it. They'll give it to you. Now, once you've got this information, Make yourself a one-page checklist of every step in your respiratory protection program and include key contacts just in case you need more information. So now, every time you run a new project, whether you work in construction, shutdown maintenance, opening a new ward for infectious diseases in a hospital even, run through your checklist. If there's any information you need, it's a phone call. If you don't know what respirator you're purchasing for your workers, you can look it up. If you don't know how to check your workers, if you don't know to check your workers' medical evaluation questionnaires, you do now. And you know to ask for that information as well. So make a one-page checklist that anyone in your organisation can follow. It will be gold. It'll make sure that you follow your respiratory protection program on every project even if you don't have the training or the time or the accountability. 
Following it is going to guarantee that you get the job done every time without cutting corners and without putting workers at unnecessary risk. By the way, if you would like to know more about the kind of mistakes that are made with respiratory protection programs, go to bad-air.com where you can get access to our three-part webinar. I'm Rowan McCauley. Join me again next time for more chit-chat on anything respiratory protection. The masks, the measurement, the methods we use, and just as importantly, the mistakes we make along the way. Thank you.